This podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record, the Rwandri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal elders and Torres Strait Islander communities who may be listening today. Hello, hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Glitter and Gold. This is the Original Steps podcast, and we are the first podcast dedicated to discussing the legacy of Steps, the UK's biggest mixed-gender pop group of all time. We have the one and only Lisa and Lee Shipster Brad here. We also have the wonderful Stepmeister Shane. And of course, how could we forget the one and only, some would say the seventh sugar babe, Scott is also with us. How oh are you, God. Brad? Is Bradley Cooper? <laughs> it's good to see you. Hello, Bradley, the lately number one stand. Hello, hello. I was, yeah, I was going to say hard to forget number one stand, Bradley Cooper. Guys, too far gone. It's been too long. What have you been up to? Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying we haven't recorded in. It's been over a month, which um, you know, because we we did a few back to back. And so we haven't recorded in like what five weeks or something. So about it's that, just, yeah. It's nice to see you all because Bradley, you've been gallivanting around Japan, having a gay old time. How was I've it? I've been trying to recreate the after the love has gone video clip. <laughs> of course. And did you succeed? I did not. I did, however, you know, have a wonderful time, very relaxing, lots of sightseeing. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, there was not enough steps being played in the nightclubs. I'm not going to lie, but. Mm-hmm. You know, did you did you re- recreate everything from the gold DVD extra where they were in Japan? And did you just go is, to all the places? Yes. that's what I would have done. Oh my God, no. I remember when I went to a temple, I did do the, um, I know Agent Claire did the whole washing your hand bit yes. for good luck. Yep. I did do that. And in tribute to Lisa, I did go to all the restaurants and just go, um, Japanese. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's actually hilarious. And did you buy any um, Steps, you know, Japanese edition CDs when you were there? Or is that just me who would do that? I did. You know what? I've always wanted the Japanese cover of Buzz in my hands. But Mm. you've had it. I've shown you. You've been in my house. You you held it. And then I snatched it back off you. Exactly. (laughs) I want my own. You know, Faye just does not get enough covers in the middle. And I just wanted that glorious cover. Although it's just a slip cover, isn't it? It's not like a full on album design. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like the, um, uh, the European edition. And then they've just like slipped like a, a, like a, yeah, like a pamphlet almost in front of it. So it's a bit misleading, but yeah. And Brad, didn't you tell me you were trying to find an um, A3 or like an A1 size poster of the Say You'll Be Mine um, Japanese cover? Because you wanted that amazing styling on your Oh, <laughs> yes. No, I, no I, was, I wanted the outfits. <laughs> you were trying no, especially to find the phase. outfits. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Phase outfit. Wow. Iconic. Oh. And we've also had a few birthdays while we've been away. I turned uh, <clears throat> 36. 
Um, but uh, Shane, you turned the big 40 oh, and fabulous. Happy Absolutely. birthday. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. Um, yes, I've entered a new decade. I'm uh, officially in my daddy era now, apparently. So, uh, boys, I'm single. Hit me up on Grinder if you're around. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and his coordinates are here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, I've entered my daddy era. I was going to say granddaddy era, but you sure. shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth because you're only four years away, mate. So what era does thirty six belong to? Um, thirty six belongs to I'm a bitch era. That's what it belongs to. <laughs> that's me. Every that's every era for me. That's actually standard Tuesday realness yeah, for yeah. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we've had actually a few announcements um, since last recording. We've. Uh, We've had uh, a Steps announcing they're doing a show at Brighton Pride, which is amazing. Wish I could be there. Not Brighton, Melbourne, unfortunately, which is no, just now in the no, corner of my house. Brighton in the UK, yeah. I wish it was Brighton, Melbourne. That, oh God, that would be that'd be amazing. We've also had Lisa confirmed for as one of the performers for Manchester Pride, which was a rumour, but that's now confirmed, which yes. is yay. Yes. And Lisa's also celebrating the 20th year of Now and Never, Never um, on no, our even. Sorry. Shane. God, I got it wrong. It's been a day, people. I've had a really shit day at work. So it like, is now or never. Stressing. Let me start that again. We've got Lisa celebrating by re-releasing her album Now or Never on vinyl. Um, um, you've literally <laughs> just said it again? wrong again. Someone else say we're, it. We're keeping this in. No, no, keep going. It's funny. Never on our. It's been a day. Anyway, Lisa is... Has has uh, is celebrating her uh, solo album release by re-releasing it. Um, yep. Never or now. Yep. On vinyl, cassette, unleashed deluxe edition, uh, and there's like a merch pack and everything that you can get as well, which is pretty awesome. We have ordered it all, and thank you to your friend Shane for getting it all delivered to his house because the shipping yes. to Australia was going to cost us a small fortune. I was going to have to remortgage my apartment to get it yes. shipped here, so. It's going to get sent there and you're going to pick it up when you're there in August. And that's a shout out to my lovely friend, Aaron, who I know listens to the pod. So thank you, Aaron. And Nicholas as well. Yes. And also, boys, um, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 18th of April. And literally within the last hour, and maybe you two haven't even looked on Instagram, Claire has just announced she is going to be participating in a new show called Cooking with the Stars, um, which is looking to be almost maybe similar to like a celebrity master chef. So yeah. that's going to be airing in the summer in the UK. So can't wait for pasta a la Clara 2023 incoming. <laughs> she better do that. Yeah. She's just the queen of the quiz shows and all that at the moment, you know, get that I coin, hun. Not checked. Oh yes. I'm looking at it right now. <gasps> yeah. Cooking with the stars with pasta a la Clara. What's, what's Faye's comment? Can't, cannot wait to see this Chef Clara. Go get him. Cute. We love them all. I do want to bring the mood down slightly. I do think it's important that we acknowledge just quickly the passing of Paul Cadamol from S Club yes. 7. That was really, yeah. really sad news to hear. Yeah. Um, I hope that the band themselves are coping as best as they can uh, in this really terrible time. Yeah. And I think, you know, for... Yeah, S Club fans as well. Like, just it's you know we're here for you, and I think I think what's been you know it's it's a shit situation, but one of the things that 
I have enjoyed seeing over the last few weeks. And this also happened when we sadly lost Sarah from Girls Aloud a few years ago. That the pop community really come together and support mm. each other. And I've really, Absolutely. I've really found comfort in that. You know, S Club Seven were very much just as much a part of our lives as steps were. And um, yeah, it's absolutely devastating what, mm. what has happened. Um, but I think there's comfort in knowing that the pop community really come together together to support each other um, during times like that. So yeah, really sending our love to um, S Club and, you know, the fans and their family, etc. cetera. Um, absolutely devastating. But um, yeah, nice to see everyone come together and support each other. So why don't we let the fans in on our plan for the episode? Shane, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. So this episode is our top five, six, seven, and eight. No, basically it's our top five steps songs of sorry, our top five steps songs of all time. Um, and we're going to go through them, counting down from five to one each. We don't know what each other's top five is, um, so there'll be some surprises on here. Um, we're going to go through what they mean to us, uh, how different or the same that they could be. Um, and we're going to, yeah, like I said, we're going to drop them from five to one. Um, plus, we're going to have some special mentions at the end because I, <laughs> my top, when I was making my top five, my my it was more like a top t- ten, to be honest. Um, and so, yeah, we'll do that at the end. So, um, shall we get into it? Let's get started. Let's get started. Well, I might go first, if that's all right, considering I'm the one blabbering on. Um, so, my... Number five song is, drumroll, The Slightest Touch. Interesting. So... Yeah, Ooh. I thought <laughs> Good I actually thought this would have been higher on your list. So this for me is so when I was making this list, it it number five and number six on the list really were interchanging with each other at the last minute, and I'll explain a little bit more about it at the end when we do the special mentions. But um, but I chose the slightest touch because of a few things. So for me, I think the cover of this particular song is absolute perfection. They they really leveled this song up by covering it like it's I think it's better than the original. Agreed. Um, yep, I would agree. Claire's super high note and that Euro dance break. Oh, take me to Eurovision right now. <laughs> um, which I think is really good. I I um Five Star love the cover of it as well. They have come out and made a comment. I don't have that comment at hand, which is bad preparation for me at, uh, for this podcast, but that's okay. Um, and I really love the YouTube little uh, thing that they shot like on their phone for mm. it. Like it did deserve a proper video. It definitely did deserve it. I know that this is a bugbear of uh, all of our, us of your Scott. Yeah, of all of us. Yeah, everyone. But. What they did do was really fun, and I loved how daggy they were. I actually remember commenting on maybe Instagram or something like that, going, oh, Lisa and H, you're such a dag. Now, for those listening that aren't Australian, a dag is like a bit of a... Like a bit of a doofus. It's like you're being, oh, you're being a bit of a doofus is, is the way I can describe it. Um, and Le- Lisa's like... I'm happy to be a dag like this. She commented uh, uh, to <laughs> reply to my comment. What you so, meant. Yeah, yeah. She she knew what she meant. She's a semi. She's you know uh, Australia. She's an Australian, Australian by at default. Half. So yeah, exactly. So she knew. 
Um, Scott, what's your number five? So my number five, as I think like you, Shane and Brad, I really struggled with this. I kind of felt like four to one was quite easy, but number five was so difficult. And I went back and forth between three, but I have chosen as my number five to the one. So I really, as I said, I battled with this between To The One, Clouds, and You Make Me Whole. Um, but I've settled on this, but I'm sure that if we'd, if we'd recorded this like next week, it probably would have changed. For me, I mean, first of all, I am a stickler to actually look at who's written songs just to see if there's a, a bit of a, um, like a pattern in regards to other songs that they've written that I also like. Um, this song was written by Hannah Robinson and The Alias. So for people that have, were living under a rock, Hannah wrote two of the most iconic songs on Rachel Stevens' second solo album. She wrote, co-wrote Some Girls and Crazy Boys. And if you listen to both of those songs, the undertone is very similar, especially in the, the, backing, the backing track, that sort of dark moody like breezy production electro electro pop it's very similar she also co-wrote love in stereo who as we know was originally uh sugar babes or mks track that the girls gave to banana rama and she also co-wrote like come and get it by danny minogue which is an awesome bop from oh. the neon knights album and also she wrote just um, she also co-wrote Down Down, which is one of my favourite um, Sugar Bay's B-sides. Nice. I was going to say by Holly Valance. I was like, what? Holly Valance. <laughs> <laughs> Very different songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so already, and then obviously we know the alias, uh, they're responsible for production of, you know, Tears on the Dance for What the Future Holds and Part 2 um, as an entire body of work. Um, but also they did produce one of the best songs of all time, which is the Saturday's Greatest Hits Mega Mix. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I say that I imagine myself, but I actually did do this. So when I was in Bali last year, I just remember sitting in the <laughs> villa with my cocktail and I was up, I was in Bali with three straight boys. So you can imagine the music they were playing. And I was just like shuffling in like my little, my steps songs here and there. And I remember chucking this song on the playlist and I had my bing tang and my cocktail and I was just like laying by the pool bing and it was tang. just that breezy. I mean, so bogan Australian, right? Saying bing tang. So bogan. Oh my God. There's going to be such an audience <laughs> of people who do not understand what that means. Um, mm -hmm. Just that it's just got that really breezy, like just chilled out vibe that I love. I love it when Steps, obviously Steps vocals are always really dark, but usually the backing is quite upbeat. But I like that this is actually a song that mirrors the feeling of the song. So the backing track is quite, you know, dark and it mirrors the, the lyrics. And I just fell in love with this song from the second that we heard this on the tour advert when we heard the intro beat. Um, I just absolutely fell in love. I love the eighties vibe to it. Um, and I just, it's a sad that it didn't get a moment on tour or something. I would have loved to have seen this performed. I need to give it more of a moment for myself. Cause like I've listened to it 
mostly when the album came out, but I haven't listened to it much in the past, you know, like 12 months or whatever. So I need to give it more of a moment now. I think if um, that album had had more of a lead time, like between that and part two, I think you would have seen it as a single because we know the band love it as well. And it's such a different sound for them as well. It's like they'd never really gone down that like 80s electronica feel before and it, it suited them really well. I could see them doing that in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that's mine. Brad, what about you? So I've also gone with an album track. This one is a little bit earlier though. I don't know if you guys even remember this one. This one is Human Touch. Interesting. Which well, version? Though, which touch. version are we talking? Album version or work in progress? Pro- progress mix. I think. Look, we've got to go with the album version on this one. Although I do love the work in progress version as well. What? This one was the one I was just playing on repeat again and again when I first got Buzz, the Australian edition, because obviously the song was not released in the UK initially. It was released only in Australia. It's track sixteen, and got. I mean, being 10 years old, this was a sound to me, not to get all, you know, in my feels, but this was a sound of falling in love. Like, get this is, there's such a euphoric chorus. Get like, you feels, babe. and get my God, Faye shines here. Faye, like, she when she does the, mm. uh, I'm, I'm about to sing it again. When two, no, no, <laughs> when she does the when two hearts beat as one. <laughs> Go on, sing it. When two hearts beat as. They beat us one. Yeah, that <laughs> moment right in the leading to the final chorus. In the edit, we'll pop some water tune on that as well. It'll sound beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank totally. you. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> we'll share a Thank fire you. like Cher doesn't believe. <laughs> put some auto tune in there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But um, my God, like this this song was it for me. Like I just um loved it so much growing up. So uh, and even now I still listen to it. You know, I was listening to it before we were recording it. It's just. Because I was like, oh, are the guys going to know it? And I was like, nope, this one has to be my top five. So at number five, Human Touch. I always found this with um, the sort of more obscure step songs as well, like Human Touch or Mars and Venus, where they were songs that because they weren't um, more like well-known and they weren't, you know, they were a little bit special on certain albums that that's what made them even more special. Do you think that that is partly why as well, Brad? Because you knew that not everyone had this song and it was a little bit more of a... You know, only certain territories got it, so it was a, it was just a bit more special. I think for me, it was more so that I hadn't heard it before, whereas the other fifteen songs, because there was such a long delay between when it was released in the UK versus Australia, I had probably heard most of the other fifteen. Whereas this was brand new, it was kind of shiny, sparkly. Even also the Work in Progress remix again when that came out in two thousand two, I fell in love with it again. It's just for me, it's just one of those. I would have loved it to be a single, but... And it was written by Topham and Twig, who obviously... They had a really good strike strike record, that album. My God, four singles and Paradise Lost. But I think they were just... This was the moment when they were on fire, and it was such a great song. So that's, for me, why it had to be in my top five. Shane, are we ready to move on to number four? We are ready to move on to number four. So that was our number five. And so number four for me is... Drum roll. Chain Reaction.
Another one that I thought would be higher. How many songs can you fit into a top five, though, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> I know that's that's true. <laughs> all that, all of them are number one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Chain Reaction for me is very similar to The Slightest Touch in terms of it's another cover, obviously, but it's an absolute A plus cover. Like, I have no notes for it. It is phenomenal. They leveled. This song was already pretty great, done by Diana Ross and the Bee Gees. Um, but they just made, they stepsified it, as they like to say, and they made it top notch. Um, the drums in the song and in live performances make me want to stomp my feet. Um, the video is super camp. Like, there's a nurse's carry-on kind of vibe to it, which I find really, really camp. The dance routine is fun. I know it quite well. Um, and all the live performances they've done of it, especially the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party, are iconic, which they have they replicated that for their Party on the Dance Floor Tour as well by using the hospital beds and so forth. So um, I, I was really loved the colour point they had for the... For the um, for the film clip, which is imagery of blue and white. That was really good. Those close-ups in the video where they have of their face, like their eyes, all of their eyes just pop. What is sad about it, though, is that it didn't make number one and it would have made number one had our very own pop princess Kylie Minogue not released Can't Get You Out of My Head at the same time. So they were number one and number two for a week at least um, in the UK charts, but... They would have made number one had Kylie not released that song. Number one in our hearts. Um, so that's my number four of why I love Chain Reaction. Um, is oh, it going to appear feelings. in your top five? <laughs> Maybe it's not going to... Oh, do you have, you have feelings? Well, Brad, you go first. What's your feelings on it? It's not in my top five, but I think for me, what I find so interesting is that it was a bit of an... Obs- not The song itself isn't obscure, but just them doing a Dan Ross song was a bit of a strange choice. I remember when... I heard about it, I was like, oh, I can't see this for them. But as you say, Shane, they really made it their own. I love, again, the video clip. H is such a vibe in the video clip, just like lying on the bed. Like, I just want to do that for my job. Do you know what I love about that video that makes me laugh every time I watch it? So H has his moment and he's like, blah, 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 on the bed. And then it's Lisa's turn and she just comes in and stands right in front of him and you cannot see him at all. And it's like, no, 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 this is my moment. I'm wearing my glasses. I've got my boobs out and you're going to take notice. I absolutely love that. (laughs) It's camp. It's absolutely camp. That's what I love about it. The behind the scenes video that they posted last year for the 25th and like Steps 25 where the director was talking, as you say about, um, they were talking about the, like how the band really just wanted to be beautiful. Like, that was how the director sold in his vision. So, I think... And so, they did a great job. As you say, they really sparkle. Um, Scott, what do you think? I love this song. It isn't... I, spoiler alert, it's not in my top five. But now I'm sitting here wondering <laughs> why it's not. It, it's probably one of those ones where it, 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 it's hovering on the top five. For me, there's two things that spring to mind with this. Number one, you know the close-up shots towards the end? It reminds me of a Colgate toothpaste, <laughs> uh, toothpaste commercial. <laughs> That's random, but yes, I get it. Especially the hate when we got the HD video last year. I'm like, their teeth are very white. So I'm like, this is giving me like toothpaste commercial vibes. <laughs> Nothing True. wrong with good white teeth. Um, and then secondly, obviously, you know, um, Diana Ross's version. The lyrics have mm-hmm. been altered slightly for the Steps version to make it a bit more mm-hmm. PG. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know Swallow. I won't. Um, well, this is a PG <laughs> podcast. We won't. It's a bit of ASMR there for you all. Swallow. I thought it was a PG podcast. Clearly not. Um, <laughs> bit of ASMR. So you know, it got changed up a little bit for the Steps version. But no, for me, this is completely what you just said, Shane. Like. 
this was mm, they made it their own to the point where I listen to this and I forget that it's a cover. Yeah, which is very prominent for a lot of Steps covers. They really made it. You know, when you listen to like. I don't know, like an Atomic Kitten song, like Eternal Flame or Titus High. You, they're great, but you, yeah. you know their covers. Yeah. Whereas, the Steps were able to cover songs, and you just forget yeah. that they were a cover. Steps are farted, so, as I like to, as they like to say, actually. So, Scott, what's your number? F- um, number four. So my number four, which was your number five, it is the slightest Ooh, touch. Slightest touch. Slightest touch. <laughs> Basically what you just said about it, Shane, before, and also very much what you said about Chain Reaction, Mm. they just nailed it with this cover. Completely. Like, when I found out that they were recording this, I wasn't that familiar with the five-star version, but I I did remember the Louise version that she did a cover of in the, I want to say, late 90s. I can't remember at what point in her career it came out, but um, if you guys haven't heard that, um, you should listen to that. Louise did a really good cover of it, so I was probably more familiar with that version. But definitely, like, in the same vein as Chain Reaction, they just, they they put their stamp on it so much to the point where you just forgot it was a cover. Um, as we just said before, you, you know my absolute, like, mm. frustration that this didn't get the the moment that it should have had. I love Take Me For A Ride. It's not something that hit me straight away, to be honest. And I think I could probably say that for a lot of people, but I've grown to love it. I just wonder what could have happened had the slightest touch, had the video treatment instead. And had they had some performances on TV and this had led the part two album, I do just wonder what would have happened. I just really wish this would have had more of a moment. And I do understand with the video situation it was the pandemic. I think that was another, there was another lockdown at the time. They were restricted with what they could do. So I think that they did yeah. the best they could do. And I love that video that they did make. I, I actually remember crying when I watched it because it just, it just made me so happy. They all just looked so happy and they were having so much fun and it really just encapsulated everything I love about the band. But I do wonder what would have happened had this had, had a bit of a moment or in my alternative universe, this would have been the lead single from the platinum collection potentially maybe you know i wonder what would have happened if this was held off until last year um and instead of that other song <laughs> what other song um, that <laughs> your number one song in your list we might spread. be hearing where yeah, we might yeah, your be number one song probably <laughs> yeah i should yeah i should just say as well that because I, I feel like i'm always talking about how much i hate that song it's not that i don't like hard to forget as a song i think it's a great song i just want to put my disclaimer here i just don't think it was the right song for steps to cover it didn't make a lot of sense to me so i just want to put a disclaimer there not hating on the song just don't think it was appropriate or right at the time but anyway we move on (laughs) we digress um i just wonder what would have happened if this had been the lead single off the platinum collection and then it would have had a bit more of a moment yeah we might this might not even be the last we hear of the slightest touch today hint hint who knows what the future holds Brad, what is your number four? So this one could be a little bit controversial because not only is it an album track, it's actually a remix. But it's one that I've like I've had to I've been thinking a lot about the last few days about whether or not to include it. Did track seven get a work in progress <laughs> remix or something? I wasn't <laughs> Spoiler alert, they're doing that for the twenty steps one step one twenty five later in the year, but <gasps> oh, Seventh God. Heaven as well. Um no, so my number four 
is the initial talk remix of Wasted Tears. I've had this on repeat literally since it's, it's come out. Like I was so conflicted about having it on this list because it's a remix. It's, it's some, wow. but it's something I've literally. I, I, what what sealed it for me is that I listen to this regularly. Like outside of you know when I'm thinking about steps, like I just think it's a good song. I thought Wasted mm. Tears the album version was all like was a good seven out of ten, but basically I feel like this initial talk remix electrocutes it in its neither regions. Like it literally <laughs> it like takes it up a notch. <laughs> No, but like it does, it explodes. The song like ex- in the nether regions explodes it more explodes. than chain at You heard it here first, everyone. It <laughs> explodes in the nether regions. <laughs> but it just it literally it blows my Love mind. Like it. this, like I had to like I was gonna have it as a special mention, but no, this song in my mind deserves top five. It should have been a single. The remix should have been a single. I yeah. I've got the video clip in my head. Initial talk makes so many good remixes. Like they know how to. Oh, so he's good, a he, so yeah. Good. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it recently, listen to it again. It is even like the Take Me for a Ride initial talk remix is fantastic, but Wasted Tears because it wasn't a single. Like in my head, if I was doing What the Future Holds Part Two, like as a two thousands esque album campaign, I'd have that as a re release single just to you know. It sounds nothing like anything they've done before, which is what I love about it. It's very eighties. It it doesn't sound like the slightest touch. It doesn't sound like two the one. It's got elements of that eighties, but it's just its own thing. And honestly, like I. I listen to it like at least once a week. It's just one of those songs that like it's euphoric. Again, it's the classic steps of those sad lyrics, but I'm, I will survive. When What the Future Holds Part Two came out, did this stand out for you at all? Oh yeah, this song and this and Living in a Lie were my two standouts that um, I feel or wish would have had a moment. The one, the other song from What the Future Holds Part Two that I was actually really disappointed with is Victorious. Yeah. I don't know what went wrong there. I, I don't know. The production on the original is so good, and I, I feel like they just missed mm. the mark with the production on Steps' version. So probably disappointed with that, but yeah. There was a real moment they could have made Claire's high note towards the end really shine, and it just doesn't shine as much yeah. as it could. I agree with you on that. I feel like H had a story, an Instagram story once, where like he was recording all for like taping for a ride, victorious, and uh, slightest touch all in one go. So I wonder whether there was just too much of a rush. I'll see if I can dig up that video, but I do wonder whether there were just too many songs, like, and the album had to come out, the vinyl had to be pressed. Whether just they knew they wanted to do it, but they just didn't have enough time to get it right, unfortunately. Can I just say one other thing on initial talk as well? Because Shane, you were saying that he does some amazing remixes. To me, at the moment, he's one of the top tier yeah. remixes out there. Yes. Um, and my two remixes you should check out from initial talk are the Delta Goodrum Think mm-hmm. About You remix, Solid Gold, and Louise mm-hmm. Stretch. No, Solid Gold. That's exactly what I thought of. Oh, mm-hmm. Solid Gold as well so is really, really good. Um, but yeah, Stretch by Louise and Think About You by Delta Goodrum. Those two mixes by Initial Talk, top mm. tier. I will check them out. Especially Think About You because I'm not a massive fan of that song by Delta. But um, if oh, Initial Talk... Man, we'll talk about that <laughs> offline. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number three. 
nothing but singles from me from here on in. Well, speaking of which, I'm such a singles queen. Like, all right, let's get into number three. Um, and I'm such a yeah. singles queen. Uh, for me, number three is what the future holds. It came back in 2020. We knew something was coming. We were in lockdown in Melbourne. So when it was launched in 2020, it kind of, for me, saved. There were three songs in lockdown. It was one of the three songs that saved me in lockdown. Um, I love the dark, heavy beats of it. The lyrics of one foot in the past and one foot in the future, like it struck a chord with Steps, it struck a chord with me. It's it's, it's kind of like their brand at the moment. Well, at the time, um, it, it's like their brand. They literally have one foot in the past and one foot in the future. They mentioned in every bloody interview, though. They probably <laughs> said that too much. That, that is true. Um, I love the vocal distribution on it. So everyone has their moment to shine. Went the first time hearing it and hearing Lee do his bit, I was like, oh, hell yes. I was like very happy about that. The production value of the song is absolute top notch. And I think they got some notes. Top, top notch. Top notch. I think they got some notes from Sia on that. Um, and speaking of Sia, it was written by her. Was it? I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Because it was never mentioned. <laughs> I had Seth never mentioned this before. Why? Um it, it, it's written by Sia, and so there's that continued Australian connection that that they have with with us. Like you know, not only with Sia and and now with Darren Hayes with a few songs that he's written for them as well. So um, it's an absolute earworm as well. I remember playing this for some friends of mine who aren't massively into Steps, but know that I love them. And like a week later, my friend Amber, she's like. Um, Shane, I can't stop listening to this song. And I'm like, and so you shouldn't stop listening to this song. It still gets heavy rotation on every day. I'll probably play it. Um, and my last two years of Spotify wrapped, it's been number one. I would love to hear the Sia demo version of this because they, the band, they, they have mentioned it a few times of, you know, how she sung it in the demo. I would just love to hear how she sounded on this demo. And what the production was like. Yeah, I remember Claire saying when she'd heard Sia's version, she was like, we, we had just, we didn't know what she was saying because of the way Sia sings. They couldn't understand the lyrics she was saying. Well, she's always covering her head. You can you know, probably go, you know, covering her, she's got her hat on or something. Um, Mouthful is covered. So Scott, what's your number three? So my number three is Something in Your Eyes. things when I was putting this list together what I really the steps have done a lot of amazing album tracks but I think it's a testament that their singles back catalog is so strong that those are the ones that are just forefront prominent in my mind all the time Mm. um you know they've had so many big singles that there's some amazing album tracks as well but you know 
it's just it's so difficult to really like pick and choose the best because the singles are just so big and something in your eyes for me when I heard that they were covering this I must have hammered the Jenny Silver version on repeat for about two to three months before the Steps version came out um I just I also love again what we were saying about the slightest touch and chain reaction is yes it's a cover but they put their, they stepsified it. They put their stamp on it. That again, to me, the Jenny version and the Steps version are like two completely different songs. Even though the lyrics are the same and the you know the the structure's the same, it's its own identity. When I mean the video, yes, it's simple but so effective to me as well. It sounds like that Abba on Speed oh, yeah, sound that was always referenced yes. in the early days. 100%. I love that nod to Abba that they did in a video. Yeah. This music video is probably one of the best, mm. even though it's very simple. That's what makes it the best. Oh, col- color, mm. the dance routine, the outfits. It is just camp, camp, camp. Faye on that turntable, just with her, like, you know, um, aluminium foil outfit, shoulder pad vibe thing she's got going on. Like, just obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Listeners, if you could see Scott right now, he's frothing <laughs> over describing this film clip. He's frothing over it. And you know what? We're all here with him, and I'm sure you are too. Oh. Oh. And also, this song is timeless. To me, it could have come out in 2001 or 2020, yeah, you're right and it there. just it wouldn't have mattered. It really stands yeah. the test of time. And whenever I hear this song, it uplifts me as well. Yeah. And the key change at the end, just everything about this song Heavenly. is just... Chef's Kiss. Mm. The Seventh Heaven remix, Seventh Heaven remix is pretty oh, good as well. Poppers O'Clock. Yeah, Poppers O'Clock, Pass the Amel. It's not Abba on Speed anymore, it's Abba on Poppers, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Abba on Poppers. Can I also just add to this as well, that again, when I was saying I like to know who's written the song, um, this was written by Thomas Gust... I you can do it. I can't say his last name. <laughs> you Gust- can do it. Gustafs Gustafsson, maybe? Apologies. Isn't it just Jason right. on Thomas Instagram? G. Let's just say yeah, Thomas G. On Wikipedia. Um he is known for writing new he's actually written what the most Eurovision Song Contest entries um of all time. He's written over a hundred songs for the contest. Mm. And this was written by him who he also wrote Euphoria by Doreen. Um sorry, Lorraine, Lorraine. Doreen. <laughs> Who's Doreen? Lorraine. How dare you? <laughs> Did Doreen from Prisoner to a track for Eurovision? <laughs> Doreen. Oh my god! You really are the worst gay person. That guys, I wish we could say that we're drunk and we're recording this at like ten o'clock at night, but, but this is not. three o'clock on a Monday afternoon, yeah. and I've just had a cup of tea, so um, we are rogue today. Doreen's going on. It was written. Yes. <laughs> Doreen with her poppers uh, and her size queen. Yes. Actually, I think the oh reason why Scott's having a moment is he's just taken a big whiff of poppers before he answered that question. I just took <laughs> a big whiff, whiff of water. Yeah, yeah. Water in quotation um, marks. Yep. Room odorizer. And also, just to clarify, this was, as I said, written by Thomas G for Jenny Silver originally for the Melody. Oh, God, I can't say that either. How do you say that, Brad? Melodia Festivalen. Melody, thank you, in 2011. Any thoughts on something in your eyes? 
Uh, look for me on something in your eyes. My thoughts are all the same as yours, but I will save the rest of my thoughts for later. Brad, you? What I was going to say, what I love is that hearing the Jenny Silver version and then hearing Steps is that you really get the harmonies from the group. Yes. That's what I love. You yes. get, like, there's a warmth to it that wasn't in Jenny's. Like, sometimes Steps just get accused of doing cheap covers, but in the Steps cover, you can hear, when it's done well, you can hear the harmonies, you can hear that warmth. Even the video clip, they're so in sync, even though they probably had like 20 minutes rehearsal time. My God, were we blessed into 2020. They came and saved us. Mm, 100%. Um, they, this, this is a cover of, of, of Jenny Silver's song, and this cover, they stepsified it and I think made it better. Just quietly. 100%. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, Brad, yes. what is your number three? Well, we've had a lot of new stuff recently, so I'm going to take us back again, back to 2000, actually, for a single. I'm finally gone with a single, but again, it's an obscure single. My choice for number three is You'll Be Sorry. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. So underrated, this song. It's so underrated. And again, when I was thinking of this list, I was like, what songs do I want and need to see Steps do live? And it's this one that, like, when it goes in the album version, when it just goes off after that first little intro bit, that is a moment. I will be, like, fist pumping in the air like a Guido. Like, that is... (laughs) Like a Guido. Paulie D in uh, Jersey Shore, circa 2010. You know, I've got to give a shout out to H. He sounds really great as a lead on this. I know that there's been some talk of nepotism in terms of the vocals he got, but he earned the vocals in this one. Like, he... Again, you wouldn't expect it on H, but he just had, like, this dark broodingness to him. Mm -hmm. And then you had Mm. Lisa building into Claire with the I waited so so long for you, and then Faye doing the ad-libs to, like, take it home. Like, they sounded like a real group on it as well. And the video clip was... Oh, look. The video clip didn't age so well when you look at it in HD. They did try their best to... um. The effects the are very much of its time. Yes. They're a lot more prominent you, now than they were really, in 2001. I never realised... Like, I know that they always said they were paper cups, but I was like, oh, I didn't really appreciate then like I do now. Like, okay, they're, they're paper cups. Oh, my God. <laughs> in the fan version. Oh, my God. That is so with, cringe. With I'm so I sorry. Know. How good that we... No, I was going to say, though, I, I, it was cringe. And I, I could, when, I, when we finally got it, because we had always heard about it, I'm yeah. glad that for the fans that were there, they finally got to see it. Yes. But you can almost see... Okay, I can see what they were trying to do. But it just didn't work. Yeah. So I can understand no. why they didn't include it. But how good for the fans that we that they finally got to see it and the, the people that were there yeah. and yeah. Because there were so many. I mean, if you look at the news archives, there were so many articles about the fans mm. just being so devastated and so annoyed. So to get to get their pop justice, so to speak, twenty years later, <laughs> I think you saw a lot of comments going, "Oh God, no wonder they didn't use it." But the song itself is brilliant. I love what they did on the Party on the Dance Floor tour with the Love You More mashup into it. I thought that was yep. done brilliantly. Um, I hope it comes back for a future tour. Um, I get that it's not one of the fan favorites, but what do you really reckon, actually? I would say that it's a fan favorite, but like to a casual casual listener, probably not one of the more prominent. But I think from a fan perspective, it's definitely loved and underappreciated, like in general. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, it's definitely a fan favourite. I was very happy they decided to do it. You know, when you go and see them live, you have certain songs that you want to see them perform, and they didn't really perform the song that I wanted them to perform in full, but they did it for What the Future Holds, but then they also performed You'll Be Sorry on that one, and so I got to see that live, and I, I loved it. Of the double A side release, when they released it with Here and Now, it, I prefer that out of the two songs that they released. Um, I prefer a bit more than Here and Now. But yeah, it's it's got that Euro dance number. I'm obsessed with it. So I think we're up to our top twos now. We're up it? to our top What's twos. Not? All right. I think you'll both know what my second, my number two is going to be. Um, and episode two, I talked about it. Um, my number two is lasting on my mind. Of course, that was going to be my top five. number one mm, i'm shocked it is it did almost battle for the top position but it is number two um like it you know like yeah like a lot of the step songs they got to number two they didn't get to number one um but for me this i've said this in episode two so i won't drag on about it too much but this song speaks to me in my no, core you've got to say the quote the quote what's the quote? healing properties Oh, healing, healing properties. properties. That, it is coming. I was going to say it. It has healing properties. Um, I loved it from first here. Like I, the first time I heard it, it was instant love at first here. Um, it has that ABBA vibes, which is an early love for me. Um, I, I loved ABBA before I loved Spice Girls and then I loved Steps. So you know what I mean? So it, it, it harks back to that. And it is ABBA on speed, effectively. This is where this that coin was termed for this song. It's absolute three minutes of pop perfection. Um, the dance routine is f- fun as hell. I know it back to front when I shampoo my hair. Um, <laughs> and- I always forget. I forgot about that reference. <laughs> the shampoo, yeah. Um, and I love that this this is a cover. And again, it's a cover of a Bananarama song. But who knows the Bananarama song? Because that just sounds boring. Christmas jingle Christmas vibes jingle. what I always get from that song. <laughs> <laughs> 100% Christmas jingle. Oh my God, that's so of. funny. somewhere once that when they heard the Bananarama version they thought the same I'll have to find this quote they've said it a few times but so I think that's why that always is in my mind because it just yeah but to me it sounds like a Christmas cheer yeah yeah not the Steps version the Bananarama version let's just clarify that for the the audience but the Steps version of Last Thing My Mind is just absolute pop perfection so that's my number two Scott what's your number two my number two shock horror it's the same as yours Shane Lasting on my mind. Uh, I mean, love it. Yeah, we we touched on this as you said in the second episode, but I think for both of us, this is really the song where I was hooked in with Steps. This it this song just forever. It just always holds a really special place in my heart because it was just the moment that yeah made me fall in love with Steps, and it was just. I think I said this as well. It, to me, this sounds like pop, but it was better than that. It was like, yeah. it was this was something even more than what pop music 
had been doing up until that point. It was just, it really just, it takes me to another dimension. You know, it, it's just, I, I, I'm just, I, I listen to it. I listen to it and I'm transported back to 98 where, where I'm sitting in my bedroom covered in my posters from Smash Hits magazine <laughs> and I'm sitting on my inflatable chair and I've, I'm on my, my uh, corded telephone yep. that I had covered in stickers from TV Hits magazine. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> that. this song just takes me back to a moment that of just pure simplicity it's, and just, yeah, just... I it's got such a big nostalgic um, meaning for you, which is lovely yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... As like you, Shane can do the dance routine without thinking. Yep. I remember the first time I heard it. I remember the remember buying it. I remember the first time I saw the video, and those moments as well. I always find it interesting that I remember those moments, but at the time didn't think that it was significant. But they're so significant that you remember those moments twenty five years later, yep. because they obviously meant something, even if you didn't realize at the time. Yeah. I remember working on the school production um, at my high school. I was in year 10 and I was the sound guy. And in between like, you know, rehearsals or whatever, I would just play the CD for everyone to listen to. I remember like this, it was like the sixth time I played it that day. And a couple of the people come over, are you going to play that song again? I'm like, yes, because you need to hear it. <laughs> I was feeding steps to my school colleagues. Love it. And can I just say one more thing on this? The work in progress up in the disco mix that's on the single, that is my favourite Steps remix ever because, again, that nostalgic vibe to it of just being transported back to those simple times in 98. Um, But I just just love that remix. Love it, love it, love it. I love how they used that, that remix for their Ultimate Tour when they came back in 2012 and did that ultimate tour they used that remix when they did that dance game bit where they were like okay oh, i'm yes. gonna do this dance and you're gonna do <laughs> yes. this dance so this yeah, is my section oh. cross open ripple is what i remember that to be mm, that oh was phase bit um anyway yeah, that, that tour was interesting <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll touch on that in another episode like, that's another we that's need, we need to explore that yes we will that is a whole other episode so brad what's your number two uh before i talk about my number two i do want to touch on last thing on my mind i know that's a very important song for you guys it, look personally it doesn't do anything for me i guess i got into the band a little bit later but i think it's so nice especially shane hearing your story with it i know i was teasing you a bit with the whole healing property stuff but but I think when a song does that, that's, you know, so wonderful. And because it, it helps you through a really t- hard time. And I think as well, the band, I know we know the band are aware of this podcast. And I think them hearing about this, like, it's going to touch them. I think it's really beautiful. It's not for me, but I'm glad that, you know, it was able to help you through a really tough time. Thank you. I appreciate that. And on that note, my my track two is hard to forget. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> Now, what is, what is your number two? As I alluded to earlier, my number two is The Slightest Touch. Ooh. Actually, look at us. We've all got The Slightest Touch in our top five. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense, though. But again, look at Steps. Like, what other group could do that, you know, five years or like, 25 years on, still have songs that, you know, God-level tiers. It's like top-tier songs and then, like, has to be on yeah. every tour kind of level. And I think Slightest mm. Touch is that for me. And I think you'll see... Obviously, they didn't do it on their, summer, on their summer tour, but I think in their next era, whatever that is, you will see a lot more of it because it's just, like, it's that song. It just, like... Did they did they not do it on their summer? Because they did it at Mighty Hoopla when I saw them last year. No, they did it at Mighty Hoopla, but then that was then they pulled it off the set. Oh, that's a shame. So... I'm glad I got to see it. I think... 
And it was the first time they'd released like a well-known cover as a single in a while. And, you know, it was worth the wait. My God. Like the mm. first time I heard this, I was like, because Take Me For a Ride, like I think it kind of pushed the limits for some Steps fans of like mm. what they expected a Steps single to be. So like people were still obviously invested in the band, but I was like, um, not so sure. And then Slice Fashion was like, oh my God, oh. I need to hear this again. Yeah. yeah, I need a video clip of you know Lisa with braces and you know shoulder pads. Like I need the full eighties <laughs> experience. Oh, Obviously, just, we that couldn't... video in my mind could have just been full eighties glam throwback. Yep. Like I want Lisa, yeah. I want Faye with a perm. I want, I want H with a perm. I want them all with perms. Um, but basically, I just think that was such the like it was one of the best songs I've ever done. Yeah. Um, it gives it gives me reason to think that maybe you know I know we've, they've always joked about you know a, a well known covers album might not be a great idea but you know if they all sound like slightest touch I wouldn't say no to it. Um, I'm just going to add to the slightest touch I didn't mention before. I did get to see them perform it at the What the Future Holds tour, and the joy in their eyes to just actually perform it. They absolutely loved it, and they do a little moment after each time they performed it, saying we love performing this because they're such five star geeks or whatever. So. Watching yeah. Claire do that touch me like that high note live was just, oh, she touched me like that. I'll tell you that right now. It was good. It was good. <laughs> also, I think that they mentioned that they nearly recorded this for Tears on the Dance Floor. Because remember, there was oh. always talk at the time that they nearly recorded a five-star cover and it didn't happen. There yes. was an inter- I think it was with, oh, God, if we, if we find it, we'll put it in here. Oh, do you know what? Uh, we nearly, I will say this because I love oh, where's it. where's this going? What could this we be? nearly were this close to covering a five-star song. <laughs> this close. You uh, see the smile on his face for that. Everyone's like, what? And you know, there, what happens. There are massive five-star fans in the group and there was just no room on the album for more. And it's something we would, were desperate to do because, yeah, I mean, I love five-star. They are gods. Yeah, what did you think of the five-star idea? I love Five Star. All right. I'm a huge... I, uh, yeah, I wanted to meet them when I was a kid, so I'm totally up for Five Star and doing a Five Star cover, but yeah, it just, we just couldn't fit We've it. We've never told anybody album. that, actually, so... Oh, yeah. well, there we go. Build exclusive steps in <laughs> almost Five Star. <laughs> Originally, they, were, they nearly did it and it didn't happen, and I believe it was this song, so they came back around to it. Um, H talked about this on his radio show, but obviously I'm not going to, like, you can't go through all the archives of his radio show. I'm 90% sure he said that at, for Tears on the Dance Floor, it was going to be Rain or Shine. Oh, okay. I don't know that song. That was what they were considering. And then obviously, but yeah, it's also on, you know, the Holy Bible, Pop Justice Forums as well, I think. But again, who knows how true that is. So does that bring us to number one? I think we're ready. Yeah, I think that brings us to number one. All right. Let's do it. I'm going to go first. All right, drum roll. My number one top step song of all time is Scared of the Dark. Classic. Absolute. Not not shocked. Not shocked. Absolute. What a comeback song for the Banger. first. Look, it was the first song since the, the song we don't speak of in 2011, Light Up the World, that they had released. So it's the first song they released since they broke up, as far as I'm concerned. And that is, it is a 
like when you hear it, you like, oh, that's steps. Like it is, um, it has a key change. Um, it it's like got this big brassy banging beats. Um, but it's also a little bit dark and moody to start off with. Um, the excitement, the strings, the strings. Yep, yep, it has strings. It was the excitement of new music and the fact that we had that was that was sorry sorry celebrating the twenty years since they had formed as well when that came out that was added to it. Um, it has that classic step sound, but it was still contemporary. So it was like what step should sound like in twenty seventeen. Um, uh, what I loved about it is when it came out, it brought a whole new raft of Steps fans that weren't necessarily Steps fans or may have only known Steps from their hits like Tragedy and 5678 and so forth. All of a sudden, some of my mates who weren't Steps fans sit up and listen and go, oh, that's a really good song. Um, I love that it was yes. the first opportunity to learn a brand new dance routine since 2001. Yes. Um, and... What added to you can't the... see, but I'm doing I'm doing them dance. <laughs> what added to the excitement? Lisa's on it... chest pump. Oh my god, that's the best! <laughs> you should go back and watch it. Someone should make a montage of that on YouTube. Um, what added to the excitement of it was the countdown of that week, where each day before it was oh, released, yes. they had a little clip of the of one of them from the video, and they were playing the strings or the start of it. Um, so it's just, I just. Yeah, it's it's so good and it gets high rotation um, now still for me. So it's my number one. Scott, what's your number one? Um, very, very. I think <laughs> I feel like you and I were in sync here, Shane, because my number one is also scared of the dark. You're joking. Not another one. Ah, uh, look, what a choice! Excellent choice. What a choice. <laughs> I, you know, I just. When I was doing this, it just felt like there couldn't be any other. And Same. Th- this is such a testament, like we've talked about, the fact that out of the catalogue of music, they've got music from 98 and they've got music from 2017 and, and all, you know, 2020, that the more current music is so good mm-hmm. that it blends so well with their old stuff. Yep. And yes. this was just everything that a comeback should be. And... I first of all was so excited to hear it to kind of for it to rectify what the song we don't speak of mm. did like you know I got to be honest the when that when that happened I got to be honest I was I was like that's it yeah. like I I didn't envision that this was yeah. going to happen I really felt that damage had been done during that period of time so for for them to rectify that mm. and almost for everyone to forget that ever happened uh, with this yes. song and that album was just a massive testament to the band and to the management that they were able to do that with such an incredible, big, dramatic pop song. Mm-hmm. It ticked off everything that Steps were about. You had the sad lyrics over an up-tempo beat. Yep. You had the key change. You had the strings. You had the, the the vocals, the harmonies. Like, just everything about this was just 10 out of 10. Like, it encapsulates everything Steps were and everything that they were going to be like moving forward. What was the brief? What was the pop brief again? Remind me. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I think it was ago. just like, uh, I, th- I remember it was something to do with, I think in the brief, Sad it lyrics, said there had to be a key, key change. change. Sad lyrics, yes. key change up to yeah. the beat, and something like that. Ticks, I remember. It fulfilled the brief. Yeah. It fulfilled the yeah. brief. Cause yeah. I, I think I remember Fiona Bevan talking about this, who co-wrote the song mm. um, with Carl Ryder that I think, 
she that was yeah that was the brief Steve Anderson's podcast and where she talked about that and again me being like you know a bit of a geek with who wrote things um Fiona Bevan you know she written for One Direction Kylie our guy Sebastian Backstreet Boys and she'd written she also ended up writing My Wildest Dreams for Claire but Carl Carl Ryder the other co-writer on the song he wrote Brad we talked about this before you mentioned it so he wrote Not Giving Up by the Saturdays which is one of my all-time favorite Saturday songs he also wrote Dance, Dance, and Some Kind of Rush by Icons, Booty Love. Booty love. Like, Some oh Kind of Rush. Talk about Poppers O'Clock. Oh. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that is a song. So good. Oh so God, good. And so good. he also contributed and wrote Neon Blue and Full For You for Tears on Dance for and the Deluxe, you know, when we got Full For You on the Deluxe Edition. So, mm. great company of songwriters there who wrote this, who understood pop understood the assignment and understood and just, steps yeah, and their sound understood steps mm. everything everything about this the way that they were able to open this song on the tour oh. and in the way that they did like it did, and i love that this is now so good and i love that this is now a staple song that they can like close shows with yeah right like to, they did this at what the encore on the last tour and it was just yeah. Like in, in big, incredible, uh, incredible. It's yeah, it's a it is um a fan favorite, and it's also a favorite amongst new fans as well. So yeah, I remember on Steps Reunion that um they were talking a lot about if they were to come back, they needed a song like they needed their own version of Patience by Take That, and they were always concerned oh, yeah. that they were never gonna. And that's what this is exactly. So I just want to quickly say with Scared of the Dark that um, I do love the song as well. The reason why it's not in my top five is because when I heard it for the first time, I had just had like a really bad day at work. So sometimes, you know, how you make emotional links. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd made a huge mess up at work and then I heard it like for the first time. And I just, I still a good song, but I guess I wasn't in the right mindset when I heard it. So I could appreciate it, but I was just like, yeah, I wasn't able to experience the euphoria of it instead my first pick is certainly hard to forget but it's not hard to forget (laughs) it is the one and only tragedy That makes sense for you. Makes sense. That makes sense for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice though. It's a it's a yeah. it's a favorite amongst all Steps fans. I think we all agree that um the song itself is a bit overplayed. Like it's not like one that any of us would go to listen to like on the regular, but like when it comes on, it's lovely. The Steve Anderson rework of it for uh, Ooh, Steps yes. 25 and on the party on the dance floor, that completely reinvented it for me and like I wish I'd, Shane, I'm so jealous of you. I wish I'd seen it live because I just don't know. I would have literally been like frothing at the mouth (laughs) when like, when that whole kind of bridesmaid thing came out. You would have been a puddle on the floor. That's what you would have been. Um, Oh, look, that live version of that, that extended intro and that build up that Steve Anderson just does. Like he just is a master. There's a reason why he works with people like Kylie and stuff like that is his version of that is what's made me appreciate the song again um, because I'm always like, hey, let's, I reckon they should open this, the, their concert with Tragedy for one time. I agree. Um, and I close with they did that on closing it with the Christmas tour once, I think. Yeah, but that was 2000 and whatever it was. We're now in 2023. <laughs> like, yeah. I know why they do Tragedy at the end because 
it's their biggest the selling casuals. single and and it it, it's it keeps the, the it's the keeps for the casual fans who come along to see them to stay to the end of the concert. I know why they do it, but um, it is yeah that version of that Steve Anderson did that's on Steps Twenty Five and was on the Party on the Dance Floor tour is just next level. Like it made me appreciate the song. It's the one I listen to now. I don't actually listen to the standard album or single version anymore. So yeah. Talking about the Steve Anderson version, very much the same where it got me into the song again because definitely at the time, you know, it's such an overplayed song for good reason, of course, as well. It's definitely not a song that I will press play on and listen to a lot just because I think I've heard it so much. Mm. But having the Steve Anderson Steps 25 version... I've that's made me fall in love with it again. And now if I do listen to it, it's that one that I listen to for me though. I mean, I, I remember when it came out, I absolutely loved it. And I think we talked about this on the last episode where, you know, I was just, I wanted to replicate the outfits they wore on the top of the pops performance. And I bought the cargo pants and I just <laughs> wanted to pretend I was in step. So holds great memories for me, yeah. but it's that Steve Anderson version that has made me re fall in love with it. But again, agree with Shane as well. I would love for them to not close a show with this song. think it's time to retire it from the encore for a little bit. I think Claire did mention this as well recently where she said they were talking about doing it, but then they just thought, oh no, we just have to always end it on tragedy. You don't, I don't think they do. I understand why they do, but I don't think if they ended it with scared of the dark or a big one for sorrow moment yep. or something like that. Totally. I think that would be just... Justice or even good. deeper shade of blue. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. If they do tour again in the future, I, I would like to see tragedy retired from encore and mix it up with something else. Um. Okay. So we've done our top five, six, seven, and eight. Um. But I wanted to just throw in a couple of special, a few special mentions that didn't make my top five, and I'm just going to quickly go through them, and we can each have our moment to do that. Um. So first special mention. Number six on my list, I guess you could say it would be something in your eyes for me. So number five and number six kept swapping for me all the time. This is the hard part. I was like, oh, where am I going to put it? And for all the same reasons for you, Scott, of why I love this song. It's why I didn't talk too much about it previously because I'll talk about it now. Um, The next special mention I get um, is Heartbreak in This City, the one that they – the single mix with Michelle Visage. I actually think Michelle added to that single. Um, I enjoyed the the collaboration. I enjoyed the collaboration with her and the fact that they were on uh, UK – RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, I love that crossover and it's extra exposure for them worldwide. A lot of people contacted me. Oh my God, do you know who's on Drag Race next week? And I'm like, yes, I know who's on Drag Race next week. Just as a side note, that – Season two of um, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, uh, they one of the lip sync for your life songs was also my number two and your number two, Scott, last thing it on my was, mind. It was, mm. it was. Do you know streams mm. for that went up that week that it, that it was on RuPaul's Drag Race? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their streams See, went up I'm a bit for that all song. here for song. the crossover <laughs> and the promotion they're getting for yeah. that. My other um, special mention is Deeper Shade of Blue. Um, that is a really amazing standout track from Steptacular. Um it's like the video clip is phenomenal. It's iconic. Um, It's yeah, it's just got that cool dark and dance kind of vibe to it. And I really like it, Um, but it's not in my top, top five that I listen to all the time, because I will say with this for one of this, one of these songs, it, for me, it's one of the songs again that I feel like it's been played a lot. And so I love it, 
but I don't actively go and listen to it because I could just hear it all the time anyway. Do you know what I mean? So it's not the one I'll go and listen to, but I do love it. Um, the other special mention I'll mention is One for Sorrow, but the Tony Moran mix, ah. which is the the dancier US version of that song, which I absolutely love. And I love that they added that to the chain reaction. It was almost like a double A-side release. It was a double A side release. Um, and they did a top of the pop performance in their gold outfits for that um, back in the day. Um, my final special mention is You'll Be Sorry, but the uh, the remix of that one, because that You'll Be Sorry remix is yeah. next level. Amazing. So they're my special mentions. Do you all, Scott, do you have a spe- some special mentions? I do. I wanted to mention, because, you know, it didn't make my top five, but I, I mentioned that it probably was on the cusp of it, is Chain Reaction. Very much similar reasons to the slightest touch where they just, they nailed it. They made it their own. You forget it's a cover. I remember that whole, that whole gold era of this coming out and just being obsessed with like the color palette and the video and just their version of this song and the top of the pops performance. And just again, another, almost like another time capsule of a really good moment in like for me personally of just being transported back to that sort of moment in time mm. um it just takes me back to a, a good a good place so definitely want to shout out chain reaction um the other one that i really wanted to shout out was i mentioned it earlier that was nearly my number 5 but is also clouds another album track from what the future holds mm. part 1 just another really underrated album track that should have had more of a moment i really love that Again, it has a similar production to To The One as well. Very dark, moody, very breezy. You know, another one of those could be sitting by a pool with a cocktail kind of song. Those are the ones that I just love. You know, listening on a Sunday morning with a coffee. It's just really got that um, that vibe about it that I love. And I'm trying to think, what would my other one... Oh, actually, do you know what? My other one, this is a bit controversial. And there's always such a debate about this. But I'm also going to give a shout out to the work in progress mix of Baby Don't Dance. Yep. Okay. Good, no. good shout out. I can appreciate because that. Good shout. I I think it's again, remember Brad, when I was saying before about human touch and it was that, did you love it? Was it the added element of, because not everyone had it and there was mystery around it. I feel the same about Baby Don't Dance. I don't particularly, when I listen to this song, I don't go to the album version. I feel like the album version's a bit flat. But I think what Work in Progress did with the single mix um, just elevated it. And it's a shame that everything happened. I mean, had Steps not split up, we know that was going to be the next single anyway. Mm. So I always wonder how that would have all played out and what the video would have looked like. Would it have just been what we ended up getting, like video-wise? Would it have been something different? But I just, I'm always fascinated. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by the what if. Um, of that song and I do listen to it quite regularly Mm. so those are my little special mentions Brad what about you so I can't believe we've gone so long without mentioning this um it's the way you make me feel had to be in my special mentions I know it's not one that it's not an uptempo it's not one that I think you know translate necessarily that well live but I think like my god when I first heard that like it's just again heavenly and the band did such a good job on that this one might be controversial. I actually want to give a shout out to the locals on Space Between Us. Because I thought Lee and H both did it. Particularly Lee did a great job on his verse on that one. Justice for Lee in general. Yeah, I like agreed. It. It's, I'm glad he's, uh, he, he's, he should be having... I'm glad he's having more moments now on their tracks. But it's a shame that 
you know, Brad, you said about you'll be sorry. I would have loved to have heard Lee on a verse of that. Yeah. I think there was, he could have easily been on it and, but you know, we won't go into that. It's in the past, but I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's having his moment now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, weirdly enough, I was doing a bit of research and I wasn't going to bring this one up, but I found out that according to my iTunes, my most played step song is Back to You from Step 1, which I, which surprised me too. But I guess it's like a bit nostalgic, like, I don't know. But Claire sounds fantastic on that. And my last shout out, not going to be a surprise to you. It's it's hard to forget, <laughs> but, but, but oh, wait, 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 just, wait. Just let you have your moment. I'll let you have your moment. <laughs> Wait, particularly though, and I want everyone who's listening at home, go- look up on YouTube, is DJ Flyboy's Hard to Forget mashup with the original Vincent version. That one captures, I feel like that one captures the best of both versions because I think there are elements of Vincent's version, version and his vocals that really elevate the Steps version and it's, and vice versa. So I think if you, even if you didn't love the Steps version, you like the Vincent version. If you listen to the mashup that DJ Flyboy did, he did a really good job. I'll give props to Hard to Forget um, from a uh, capturing new fans in point. Um, like two weeks ago, I was with my sister and um, we were talking about this podcast and her girlfriend was there as well. And she was like, oh, yeah, I added that Hard to Forget song to my playlist. That came up. I really liked oh, really? it. really? Yes. And then about a month before that... Um, I was on my mum's phone and mum, no, like mum really only peaked at five, six, seven, eight when it comes to loving steps. So she's not, she knows that I love them and all that sort of stuff. But I happened to be going through her Spotify list and it was added on. She's like, oh yeah, I really like that song too. It's by steps. I was like, okay, that's random. There's plenty of other songs that you can like, but whatever. So I will say props to Hard to Forget for getting out there and uh, accessing a new audience. Um I don't know if I'll go back Wonderful. to YouTube and listen to that DJ Flyboy mix, though. <laughs> I think that is it for another episode of Glitter and Gold. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Give us a like, uh, rate, or subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix from. Don't forget to follow us at Glitter Steps Pod on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. You can follow me on Instagram at Brad Schmerling. You can follow me on Instagram at Stepmeister. And you can follow me, Scott, at StepsCollection underscore on Instagram. See you again soon, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. See you guys. Bye.